special Halloween episode of That's Not Quite All Folks on this very spooky occasion with some very scary monsters and super creeps. I'm Jordan Schmidt, joined by Mark Hallam. Thank you, I appreciate it. And we um, figured that, you know, because we usually record these and we, we have them set up in advance and um, we, we like to, you know, because we do a Monday schedule. And every once in a while, a holiday falls on a Monday, and Mark will go to me, he's like, ooh, this is going to be a Monday this year, we should probably do something for it. And I'm like, alright, cool. Well, this year, Halloween falls on a Monday, so happy Halloween, y'all. Oh, this year, look, I'll, I'll have some stuff to say later about WB Animation, how they're doing things. But this is a circumstance ooh, ooh, ooh. where Warner Bros. Animation, just within a month, went, hey... You guys want to cover this? <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, yeah, that could work. Well, they didn't call us and tell us to. That would have been cool, though. But yeah, no, I mean, we had we had a holiday uh, Monday, and we had a literal, a literal like brand new Looney Tunes holiday, Halloween special that we could cover. So we are literally striking while the iron is hot. Yeah. As we record this, it literally came out last like a couple weeks ago. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's the shortest time between. Something coming out and us covering it. It has to be. Yeah, I mean, they gave us a free. Um, they gave us a free Halloween special. We might as well do something with it. Yeah. And it is the um, you know the Looney Tunes cartoons Hallow Scream Spooktacular, which is just some stuff that had been brewing with the Looney Tunes cartoons crew for a little while, and specially made for you know with Halloween theming. And um, it's a lot like their Valentine's Day specials and their Christmas specials and their other specials. Where, like, there is a loose theming, and some are specially made, and some are prepackaged. And ultimately, I, you know, it's, it's, if you like the Looney Tunes cartoons they've been putting out, then you will probably like this. Um, but yeah, we figured we'd treat ourselves and treat you guys and do some fun Looney Tunes cartoons stuff, which we liked when we first looked at. Yeah. They're, they're, they're pretty well done. They're pretty well done cartoons, all things considered. Um, so the ones we're covering that are in this special are Graveyard Goofs, Hex Appeal, In for Trouble, and Mummy Dummy. Right, and three of these were brand new. One of them was already existing. Uh, a lot of them are by the same rotating crew of Looney Tunes cartoons, writers, and directors. Because there isn't the history... Of a lot of other stuff, we didn't have a ton of information going into this, like background information, other than the Looney Tunes cartoons crew wanted to do a Halloween special. Yeah, it was literally just, you know, at Comic-Con a couple of weeks back, they were like, hey, here's a Looney Tunes panel. We're gonna do more Looney Tunes cartoons. We're gonna do, we're gonna put King Tweety on Cartoon Network. Uh, we're gonna... Yeah. We're going to make a movie called Bye Bye Bunny. and we're Which is totally going to come out. Yeah. And and we're going to... And here's Tiny Toon University. They're actually related now. No, there will, not, yeah. there will be no further questions. Um, no. Goodbye now. <laughs> and they just disappear in a puff of smoke. 
Yes, and also what they announced was this Halloween special, and it was like, oh, that's yeah. interesting, because um, in the world of Looney Tune Halloween specials, there's only two of them, uh, one of which we covered. It was a... Uh, one of which is the worst thing I've ever seen. Porky and Daffy and Porky with the Groovy Ghoulies, which is Ugh. a crime against nature. And the other one was made in the 80s. It was a TV special called, um, like, it's called, like, Bugs Bunny's Halloween. It's very similar to this title. It's very close to this uh, to this title. Okay. It's like the Bugs Bunny. Knowing the Halloween theme from the Easter special, was it sponsored by McDonald's? Oh, yeah, it was the Howl-O-Ween special. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They went Best honey year. with it. Yeah. Yes, sure. And uh, it's you know, it, it, again, it, it, it's a compilation movie, you know. So it's like, oh, you know, here's, here's some new animation, and it's not gonna look great, and it's clear time has passed. Yeah. Well, well eh, seventy-seven, not, not that much time has okay. passed, but uh, no, sometimes, yeah. But yeah, this you know, this is a new addition to the. The, the the hall of Halloween specials that the Looney Tunes crews have done, and um, you know, it certainly is a Halloween special. Absolutely, um, from from the beginning, they make it very clear it's a Halloween special. So because there's no real background, we want to just go into it, or, or do do you have it on this day for uh, yes <laughs> three weeks ago? So this special came out. For the historians, Jordan, for the historians. Oh, yeah, sure. This yeah. special came out on September 29th, 2022. On this day, the podcast, That's Not Quite All, folks, the Looney Tunes <laughs> podcast, recorded an episode on the Looney Tunes show. We covered the episodes Eligible Bachelors and Super Rabbit. Yeah, the one that came out a couple weeks ago. That yeah, one. Yeah, our old good time. Um... The memorable song in the U.S. was As It Was by Harry Styles. Yes, as it was the whole summer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, um, I mean, you already said, but essentially, yeah, th- th- this was written and directed by the Lean Tune Cartoons crew. Yeah. So, if you want to know who it was, just listen to our other HBO Max Lean Tune Cartoons episodes. It's them. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, Johnny it's Ryan them. and David something or other and Tom... Gimmel and yeah, Ryan David Gamble and Ryan. Again, you gotta be careful. These people are on social media. They will find us. Yeah. Um, they like what you do. We just, you know, same three or four guys. Yeah. It's a lot of names. Yeah. It's just a lot of names. So right off the gate, right off the gate, um, I love the spooky Looney Tunes cartoons. Logo. Yeah, that's already a nice I touch. I like that. That's a nice touch. And there's already a disclaimer at the very, very beginning of it that says, Warning. The following program may scare you stupid. We warned you, and that's pretty much in the spirit of the originals, I think. And I like how in this uh, in this intro we have um, we have three silhouettes. We have uh, Witch Hazel, but we also have both of the hides yeah. from previous because there's there's the, there's Hyde from Hide in the Hair and Tweety from Hide and Go Tweet as the opening credits roll. Oh, that's great! Yeah, I like that a lot. Again. These guys are fans of the originals. These guys know the deep cuts, and you can't help but respect that. Yes, and ha, lightning striking as the WB animation logo is shown. Yeah, they curse the studio, I think. <laughs> um, also, it's very cool as this sort of spooky little opening for this special happens that it's merrily we roll along in a oh, minor yeah, key. Yeah, that's nice. 
That's great. I love that. We go into Graveyard Goofs, which is our Porky and Daffy cartoon. Again, like the Christmas special, this sampled a lot of the different archetypes of combinations and characters. That what it, It's a good grab bag of things you might see in Lady cartoons. So in this, there is a Porky and Daffy one. There is a Bugs one. And then there's a couple of interesting ones that I'm excited for. But we do start with our Porky and Daffy one. Um... And it's Graveyard Goofs. Um, I love how this starts out with a little um, In the Hall of the Mountain King. Because there's a lot of cool music cues in this, but it literally just starts, as, you know, you hear a little cue of that. And the premise of this is that, and, and, and Porky just sort of restates this for us as well. And, and this is a great one for, um, for Bob Bergen's befuddled and why the hell am I doing this sort of Porky. Porky and Daffy are walking alone in the woods in the middle of the night carrying a casket and they are going to find a plot of land and bury Daffy's best friend who had just died. <laughs> and Daffy is in hysterics about it. And we, again, the coffin is closed. We don't know who this best friend is, but Daffy is completely overplaying it. And it's pure clampity Daffy. And I kind of love that. Yeah, I just love how he says so. He always lit up the room. The ultimate entertainer. Oh shit, Daffy finally got Elmer to shoot bugs. <laughs> it feels oh. bad. That'd be funny though. No. It'd be funny if they if they were burying it was like a Tales from the Crypt kind of thing, that they're burying bugs and then zombie bugs come back oh, from the dead. Oh, that'd be cool. It'd be so metal. Yeah, that'd be that'd be great. Maybe it maybe a little bit too morbid for um, you know, a kid show, but uh, which this technically is. But um yeah. So yeah, um it's literally the whole thing is that, like, they're trying to find a, a random spot in the woods, and thanks to some tomfoolery like Daffy making Porky carry the entire thing by himself, they slide down a hill and into a graveyard. <laughs> and in our first shot in this graveyard, you can see clearly there's headstones in the background that read names like, you know, Frizz, Tex, Jones, Fud. You know, a lot of a lot of fun little uh, tips of the cap. And, and... Mm-hmm. A very prominent one that calls me to immediately go, oh, we have to cover this. Um, folks, uh, Pepe Le Pew is fucking dead. He's dead, guys. <laughs> I'm sorry. Pepe Le Pew is dead. <laughs> I know you really didn't want to admit this, fellas, but it says right there on the gravestone, Le Pew. Um... <laughs> we apologize to all of the mourning Pepe stands. Yes. Who have to, you know, realize that while it's while it's perfectly fine to want to fuck a skunk, it's not cool to fuck a dead skunk. <laughs> so, all right, I guess we should probably wrap this up. Isn't that right? Yeah, that's right. All right, we should do it. You know, <sighs> we're joking. Don't kill us. What are followers? Uh, Swat Kirby, um, like he, he, he just tweeted it one day, like, oh, hey, this is a shot from the thing. And I immediately said to Jordan, like, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's so bold and brash. I'm like, it was like, hey, uh, 
More like belongs in the trash. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we just we just ripped on it for like a good five minutes. Fucking great. It's like, oh, Pepe's dead. Great. Uh, yeah, but it's funny because this is the second one in a row, the second modern uh, Looney project in a row that we've covered. Third, if you want to count Rabbit's Run, that has featured Pepe in some way, and the second one in a row that's ripped on him. Um, because the Animaniacs one um, ripped on his non-consensual kind of stuff, and this one kills him. <laughs> uh, and not in a fun way, like uh, like the way that in the other Looney Tunes cartoons, Daffy Duck um, uh, murdered Elmer right. Fudd. Um, oh, that's Sent him right. to the electric chair, I that's... think you remember that. <laughs> So Fudd's in that grave because of Daffy. And here yeah, he is lying. Because, uh, because Daffy killed yeah, him. Yeah, he's just lying on a coffin next to Fudd's grave. Not a care in the world. Or he might still be dead because of how Bugs froze him to death in the Christmas That's special. True. Yeah. But one of those. One of, the, one of them. One of those. Uh. Um, but yeah, no, they have a lot of fun with these background gags. You know, and, and Pepe Le Pew is dead, of course. Um... And I also love, because, you know, they land in the, in the graveyard and, you know, Porky's sort of been riding underneath the uh, the casket for a little. So Daffy wanders around, you know, oh, where, where, he's wondering where Porky is. And you just hear a very tired, very muffled... <laughs> ...from under the coffin. <laughs> it's great. So, yeah, of course, you know, they... The whole thing now is Daffy's like, okay, well, now we can find somewhere around here to, uh, to bury my friend. And it, it leads to various amounts of shenanigans, like uh, Daffy tipping over the casket and then tipping over every single gravestone in the, gra- in the graveyard like dominoes. <laughs> and you just see these wonderful, awkward, horrified reactions from Porky <laughs> and Daffy. Well, you know, they're still going. I love that. <laughs> Daffy goes, they're still going. <laughs> um, and then after that, you know, as, as they try and and hide the casket, you see some of the denizens of this graveyard, including some dancing skeletons uh, right out of a 30s cartoon. Yes. <laughs> um, who, who then get rearranged after a, a gag into an Eat, eat It Jones. Jones. Oh, oh, they have fun. It's great. They have fun. Yeah. And there's just all these little, like... And again, you see all these like these ghosts coming to essentially annoy Porky and Daffy and scare them. And they're they're all fun, goofily designed yeah. ghosts. They're not like actual like horrifying creatures, which the likes of which we might see later on. But they're just like you know goofy little ghosts. The, the like, way I, I, I the way that. I could describe this section is it's kind of giving me a Fleischer cartoon energy. With how, yeah. with how with how the ghosts are acting, like a Popeye how, Halloween thing. How Porky and Daffy are acting. It's very very fast. It's very moving. It's very like chaotic, and I really do like that. Just just the, like little yeah. things. Like <laughs> I love Daffy's line because like they get away from the skeletons, and Daffy just says, "Not a snag that open grave." Woo-hoo! Dark comedy. Love to see it. Yeah, and again, like the the Fleischer influences again goes back to a lot of the Porky and Daffy cartoons being direct descendants of the 1930s and 40s stuff that Clampett and Avery and those guys did, rather than the later incarnations of these characters, right down to the fact that Porky's a little bit more plump, Daffy's a little skinnier and goofier, and their dynamic is more powerful than, say, a Bugs and Daffy dynamic. So, of course they'd want to be like Charles Fleischer, or like Popeye cartoons or whatnot. You know, they're bread and butter. So they think they have the perfect burying spot 
and they, they dig they dig the grave, they throw the the, ca- the casket in, and Amelia. <laughs> I just love the quickness of there. We did it. Big blue emitting light as they have horrified looks on their faces. Love the timing. As the casket flies yeah. up, as it's revealed that they've summoned the Grim Reaper, like you do. Yes, out comes death. death you know, <laughs> death is is the villain in this. And now, granted, I'm not worried because death has been the villain in Looney Tunes cartoons before. Death has also been an ally in Warner Brothers cartoons before. You know, some Cartoon Network fair. Oh, yeah. So, um, I'm like, I'm kind of going, what are they going to do with death? How are they going to have fun with death? <laughs> or is death, like, going to kill Porky and Daffy? Like, like, like we have death here. That's going to be great. Also, I love that once death pops up, Porky emits this little Three Stooges noise. <laughs> and is there anything in between that and them being cornered on the edge of the cliff? No, this will get the the reveal that uh, the casket. Yeah, breaks I was going to say the corner on the edge of the cliff. Right, yeah. yeah, the casket breaks apart. Yeah, and it turns out what they've been burying is um... Daffy's TV. Yep, Daffy wanted to put a burial for his TV because it was his best friend and it gave him so much joy, which is a very Daffy thing. And also, it's a very old-fashioned TV. It's like a forties or fifties TV. So, but. As funny as that is, my biggest laugh in this entire segment, and one of my biggest laughs in the special, was that the Grim Reaper is actually there to fix the TV. <laughs> he pulls out a screwdriver and a wrench and just repairs it. All oh, these things happen all the time. <laughs> and I'm like, Death's actually just helping them? And again, like I love the the, the irony of, of, of Daffy or Porky going, "My my good man, you are a lifesaver." Oh gosh, oh geez. and Death just, just Death admits this this ridiculous yuck yuck laugh. I I love how goofy these can be. <laughs> yeah, it's just he's just like, "What? Give me that!" And it's just the, again, very very chill. He's a calm Grim Reaper. In a past life, he was probably yeah. a TV repair man, 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 man. Something like that. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, we have just this, this great ending where Daffy, Porky, and Death just sit on the edge of the cliff and watch horror movies together. <laughs> I loved that. Even Death doesn't like horror movies. What? Like, dude, most people in horror movies are getting killed. It's good for you. Yeah, you would think with Death to scary movies would be like a comedy. <laughs> just watches a Kevin Hart movie. Ah! <laughs> Nobody's dying. Nobody's laughing either. Ooh. No. Wait, no, that's a different thing. <laughs> How did Waldorf get in there? Well, te- te- technically speaking, he is also dead. Um, so. <laughs> oh, well. But yeah, um... While there wasn't a lot of true gag work, it was very much like scene to scene and, you know, like very story based. Conceptual animation wise, this was excellent. Uh, I love the presence of death as this surprisingly wholesome figure who just wanted to fix the TV. Like, if you know me, you know that one of my favorite tropes in spooky movies, spooky media, is making scary things wholesome. 
like like ghosts that just want a good time or like you know like monsters that, that just want to curl up with a book or something yeah and, and and this is a great use of that like alongside some really fun daffy and porky stuff oh my god yeah big big uh big uh grim adventures of billy and mandy fans over here <laughs> oh my god i love i love billy and mandy. i love that show uh yeah i yeah. i really love this short um i love the energy yeah, yeah it, it gave off that 40s cartoon energy with how it handled death and the grim reaper being this bashful almost goofy like person who could fix the tvs was was just a great reveal i loved it i'm giving this and this may be surprisingly well i'm giving this a four out of five just because a lot of the it wasn't as gag per second as i would have liked but i really liked it uh, I, i'm giving this a 4.5 out of five animals i figured you would yeah, this is but you know so we move on to hex appeal which is a witch hazel cartoon. Yes. And not only is it a witch hazel cartoon, it's a witch hazel cartoon that's animated in a different animation style than a lot of the stuff that Looney Tunes cartoons had done. Yes. Like, it's a bit more stylized. It's a bit more... How do I best describe this? It's, it's definitely Chuck Jonesian. Yeah. But, especially like 50s Chuck Jonesian. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot less outlines to a lot of characters and things. And it's a lot more simple. Like, things are more, like, background-driven. Yeah. And there's a lot less assets, and it's a simpler way of, of just animating in general. It's, it's very granular, bare bones. Yeah, very... And I kind of uh, dig it. Yeah, it's very, like, like UPA-style, in a way. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I think it's really refreshing, because it's, it's a very simple cartoon. And I mean that, like, not in a bad way. Like, I mean that because it, simplicity actually helps a lot. Because it's only really two characters in the whole thing. Well, one, because, you know, there's one character and a spider. And it's just, you know, there's no real other character. It's really just a witch hazel one-hander. Yeah. And it works on the strength of its ideas and of, you know, the Chuck Jonesian ideas of the chase. And I, 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 know, I know I'm summing it up before I actually get into it, but, like, I'm, you know, this is a simple one. And so, like, I can really talk conceptually while I'm also doing yeah. it. So, by the way, this is the, um, this is, like, the first Witch Hazel short in, like, 56 years, by the way. This, this was, yes. when this was announced, this was a very big deal. It's like, oh, my God, no Witch Hazel mm-hmm. cartoon. And it's, Witch and it's Katie Milo doing Witch Hazel. This is our first, like. And she's great. Oh, oh, absolutely. And, uh, yeah. And, and my first reaction, when I saw the title card, I saw there was a spider there. My first instance, and, you know I'm gonna think that this this is the same character. I'm like, hey, it's Paul the Tarantula. Good for him. He came oh, back. Oh yeah, he came back. Maybe it's how they met or something. Yeah, <laughs> I think it might be. Maybe. Um, this is an origin story, actually. But the whole thing, the premise of this cartoon, is that it's Witch Hazel, and she's complaining that she's not as ugly as she used to be. And she wants to be. It, it, it's it's the subversion of the usual thing. She, instead of most people wanting to be prettier, uh, Witch Hazel wants to be uglier. And so she finds a uh, cutout in a magazine saying, uh, you know, look look ugly in 10 simple steps or something. And it's a making a potion uh, that will make her look like the ugliest person in town. And so the only ingredient that she doesn't have immediately, or that she has, but it's tricky, is uh, a live spider. And so it's basically... The whole cartoon is her trying to catch the spider, and the spider is obviously outwitting her at every stage. And it's very simple, and like I, I didn't write down all of the gags, 
but um, there is a lot in there, like just little ways that she tries and trap the spider. Like I wrote down here, because um, there's a good one where she tries to trap a spider in a jar with the help of her cat, but misses and crams the cat in there. Yeah, I, I do like I do like stuff with the cat. <laughs> it's very good. Um, I also liked uh, the line. Oh, that little. We'll see how smart you are when you're looking down the barrel of a wand. Now, please! Ah, that's a that's a nice line. That's pretty good, yeah. Yeah. And just, I love, like, because she's blasting all these things around the house, and it turns into, like, winter. And I do love how there's a picture of Witch Hazel on the beach. It gets zapped, and it's just Witch Hazel as a, as a snowman. That's a nice detail. Mm. No, there's a lot of because again, like, like the, the the fact that you get a Jingle Bells cue when Hazel freezes the cat is great. Um, I also like because we see a brief shot of a bunch of wands on the wall, like you know this one, this one does this, and there's one wand above there that says this. It's um, the Saskatchewan, which proves that some of the animators may have been Canadian. <laughs> Perhaps, or maybe maybe they were warming up for t- the Total Drama reboot because you know that is clearly always set in Muskoka. Oh yeah. So yeah. Um, okay, there's this gag with um, I'm probably skipping over a couple, but there's a spider web gag where it's Witch Hazel sort of following. The spider up and, and casting a giant web. Yeah. And then just wish it just sort of hanging there. And the spider just has this sort of eyebrow move that he gives <laughs> us and starts like just dangling her and cutting things and playing her like she's married. Yeah, like and also lol Hitchcock presents theme in here. <laughs> yeah, I, I love um the broom. She she calls the broom in order to get up there, and I, I love the broom. I always love broom jokes. And um, yes. she has a line of, it's so nice to have a roommate," And then the laugh. Yeah, bit of a cheap pun. But yeah, so um, eventually, which Hazel's able to get uh, the spider, she throws it, uh, She throws the spider across the room. It lands in growth, po- uh, a growth potion. Oh, this was and great. And she grabs the spider and like, ah, <laughs> got you now. Get in there. Make the potion. Make the potion. And you're like, okay. You know he's going to become huge one of these moments. You just don't know which one. And they just, they cut to her reaction as we just cut to a wide and we just see this ginormous spider with the most Chuck Jones expression eyes possible. Hmm. Oh, it's yeah. very Jonesy in the way the, the spider is, is animated and I really like that. I love it. And the spider just decks her. <laughs> Yeah. And again, a lot of this is the spider just beating the shit out of Witch Hazel. <laughs> like, just without even, just, you know, either being small and getting, having her sort of hit herself or whatever, being big and just throwing her all over the place. It's kind of great. Yeah. I also love the detail of after the spider leaves and goes out and, you know, creates a hole in the wall and leaves. The spider goes behind the moon in the background. The, the, the background is so simplistic, but, like, they're still cut out so he can go behind the moon. So that's just a very cool animation detail. I thought that was very clever. And because Witch Hazel got beaten up so much, she looks hideous. There's a bone coming out of her nose. 
Not not in that way. Like she, her nose is broken. Enters a bone from her yeah. nose, and just she looks at the mirror. She's like, "Huh? What's this? My goodness! And positively <laughs> Kind of a predictable ending, yeah. but you know they sell it. Yeah. So yeah, kind of simple. Um. I do like it just as a character-driven chase one, clearly reminiscent of the Chuck Jones one. I like how Witch Hazel comes off here. I like the fact that even the spider has a character. I like some of the cleverness of the gags. It's not much, but I um, thought it was pretty fun. Yeah, uh, the character Witch Hazel felt spot on. Uh, Kenny Mallard does a great job of taking on the Witch Hazel character. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed the ending. The great, great animation on the spider throughout, but especially when he got bigger. Especially for a simple design. I like that. They kept the simple design of those type of spiders in those shorts. It's just a giant ball. You can do whatever you want with it, essentially. And they do a really good job with it. It really helps sell the character. I'm giving this a 3.5 out of 5. I'm also giving this a 3.5 out of 5. Cool. So speaking of adapting to the Jones style... um, (laughs) Oh... The joy on my face, Mark, when I realized that this next one, which is in for trouble, is... I literally wrote in my notes. No. A Porky and Sylvester cartoon? Oh my god, yes. I lo- Again, I raved about these when we covered some of them earlier. I love Scaredy Cat, and I love the other one. I jump in Jupiter and the other one. And Claws for Alarm. Claws for Alarm, I think, is yeah. the other one. Um... These are great. I love it. It's just, first of all, it's a, it's a great unlikely duo, but also I love just that Porky just keeps basically ragdoll walking into danger and Sylvester just keeps saving him. This is in for trouble. And immediately in the credits, you see that not only do you have your usual players of Jeff Bergman and um, Bob Bergen, you also have Tom Kenny as the killer. Hell yeah. Which, great. I'd love to see it. <laughs> Similar setup to most um, Porky and Sylvester cartoons where they're driving somewhere and they need to stop somewhere for the night and they pick uh, a motel on the side of the road, the, the Catskill Motel where the, the, the S is blinking out so it looks like the Catkill <laughs> Motel. <laughs> I thought that was great and obviously that's not going to bode well for Sylvester. And the whole hook of this is that it's different from a lot of the other ones because usually it's something like um, it's a unseen evil, or like it's a bunch of mice that are killing people, or it's aliens, or it's other things. But here it's a very tangible, characterized evil in that as they're about to check in, Sylvester sees uh, a, a grotesque Tom Kenny monster guy uh, murder someone behind the desk and take their place as the bellhop. And so, of course, Sylvester sees this, and Porky, as he's ragged all on his way through the entire thing, is completely oblivious to it. And Tom Kenny's doing a really cool voice for this. It's different from like his his Karloff voice from the um, Gossamer one we covered last year. Yeah. But you know, it's a very good creepy voice. You know, he's got a lot of range in him, even if he's known solely for you know goofy voices or or doing that announcer voice. You know, you know. You know he's he's got a lot going on. Yeah. And I love, um, and there's just great choices being done here. Um, again, the backgrounds in them are very, they're stylized, like those, like, like those original cartoons, you know? 
There's more shadows. There's more. There's different lighting, yeah. which I really like. Um, I, I like how, uh, like when they open the door to the place, they have green eyes for some reason. Like the lighting is so bad that that they get night vision or something to to walk into the place. Just mm. just good stylistic choices done throughout the cartoon that I really that I really enjoyed. Oh my god, yeah. No, I mean the whole reason why I love the originals is because they're so. You know, they feel like, you know, spooky movies. They feel like they're aping the sort of horror successes of the time. And, you know, this is no stranger to that. Like, yeah, I do I do like this concept as a continuation of the originals. Also, we find out in the news, it's an escaped convict that has the same surname as one of the story editors, uh, I think. yeah. <laughs> Kerwin, I think. Um, From the makers so cool. of Frizz, the drink. <laughs> The Wonder Product. Rose. Also, I just couldn't help to remember, like, we interrupt this program to bring you an urgent news bulletin. It's like, oh, is there is there a faulty health inspector going around? I was about to say. Interrupt the scan, can. <laughs> if you see a health inspector and he doesn't look like this, He's real. it's real. <laughs> uh, or, we interrupt this can-can to bring you a... Interrupt this laughing at other people's... Other people's expense. <laughs> oh, man. It's okay if we're making Spongebob references. Tom Kenny yeah, is so literally there. In this. It's fine. Yeah, um, it's all right. Um, <laughs> also, um, I, I do like how... Because when Porgy's inside the motel room, he's wearing his like signature blue coated red bow tie, which I, which I believe... Yeah. I believe seen that in any of these cartoons so that so that's a nice little touch it's like oh look it's classic porky awesome you know i mean look again they 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 know how to remind you of the original he's playing the jump out of a of a drum later oh yeah you know with, with fire <laughs> burning behind so yes that that's still the best <laughs> oh that's a great one that's yeah. a great one but yeah um and again like like having the horror be a tangible guy adds some dimension because there's a great sequence where uh, Porky and Sylvester go out to the ice machine, and Sylvester can see the guy coming closer and oh, closer. I love There's that. a great like like from the side shot of him like going with the lights. It's great. It's actually kind of spooky. Yeah, it's effective. It is. And then of course, once he gets to them, he he goes to stab down at them and ends up breaking up some of the ice that had congealed too hard, and that's great. But yeah, of course, you know the whole thing now is that you know it's it's. The, the escaped convict is trying to kill them, and only Sylvester is catching on, so there's lots of different variations of this. They do bring back the trope of the original of, you know, um, him trying to kill, or, you know, somebody trying to kill Porky, and Sylvester trying to stop them, but Porky waking up and seeing yeah. it as, and not seeing the <laughs> context of it. <laughs> well, it's so great. there's the bit where, you know, he's literally carrying all of these knives that were dropped from the, the grate in the ceiling. And Porky thinks he's trying to kill him, of course. And then a second later, the guy drops the fridge. Now it's not the time for midnight snacking, Sylvester. Besides, you know how much they charge for food in the mini-fridge. I love that line. And then you open the door and you see him stuffed into the fridge, Sylvester, with just food coming out of his eyes. I think one of the best, like, translations and extensions of the original feel is the part where Sylvester literally has a fight with the convict 
you know, I'm in the hotel room all throughout that Porky sleeps through, grappling him entirely, and then sitting back on the bed and being and sitting in a in a pool of melted ice, and Porky thinks he's pissed himself. <laughs> and he just shrugs. Like, mm. Now that's a Lane Tunes piss joke that we could take. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, what what are you referring to? Space Jam. I wet myself. Right, yes, right. Okay. Okay, I, I understand that. And again, like the whole thing where where Porgy and Sylvester eventually I don't know if they're in their gag in between there, but they eventually go back to the front uh front desk or I think Sylvester drags Porky to the front desk, and again, the shadow of the on the shot of the killer coming up from behind the desk is Porky lectures to camera about how Sylvester is always wrong. That's great. <sighs> Sylvester, uh, uh, since the moment we got here, you've been acting like a, a nervous Nelly. I put up with your shenanigans, but but this really takes the cake. Now uh, I'm a, a tolerant person, and I think I've been uh, more than patient with you until now. But uh, quite honestly, I've and then, of course, you know, he comes down, like, with, with literally, he has a cleaver, and he comes down right, like, behind Porky, and Porky turns around, and just when you think that, we're, that you know, Porky's caught on, he instead notices there's no, no complimentary I mean, breakfast, <laughs> and they've got to leave. Even the killer kind of scratches his head. Like, huh? Really? It's so silly. And then the ending of this is they're, they're pulling out and right as, right as he's going to come for them again behind the car, they literally back into him and run him over. And they, they, they drive off into the sunset as the guy is clearly dead in the foreground. To which I wrote down, I took a screenshot of it. I want this framed on my wall. I love that yes. an official Lean Tunes cartoon ends with a sun rising as there's a dead body in the frame. <laughs> we didn't make the dead bodies for, for kids. We made them for ourselves. Dead body laying down. Um, hey, it's the Halloween episode. We, we can do jokes like that. Um, yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, um... Pretty decent Porky and Sylvester one. Uh, very true to the spirit of the originals without the sheer firepower of Scaredy Cat. Um, I like the concept. I like the gags. I like Tom Kenny as this very tangible evil who's you can who, instead of just being a bunch of things or a bunch of aliens or characters we don't really know, is this actual character who represents terror himself. It's very close to a Courage the Cowardly Dog villain, actually. Yeah. Which, honestly, is a good idea because Courage the Cowardly Dog is very much based off of the Scaredy Cat cartoons. And I think it's a perfect giving back to the concept because, again, it's right out of somebody like Freaky Fred or somebody out of Courage. So I think this was a really good one. Yeah. Um, it's, it's definitely one of the best attempts I've seen to, especially for the Jones stuff, because a lot of the stuff is Clampett stuff, which is fine. And the Clampett yes. style, the Clampett style is good, but it's nice to, you know, occasionally, you know, look at the Jones stuff. And um, this is a really good um, take on on that that trilogy. Um, I, I really do like how that's what broke it for Porky was the no commentary breakfast. Like of all things, 
This That's is great. All of this is fine. You know, the, the ice machine. And I, I don't just say this because Tom Kenny's here, but that feels like a SpongeBob ending. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Yeah, it does. It's like, oh, man. A porky can forgive all of this, but God forbid he can't have bacon in the morning. Wait a sausage minute. Sausage in the... Turkey, Wait a minute. Turkey, bacon, and sausage in the morning. Okay. He's friends with Daffy Duck. What the fuck are you talking about? I'm going to have a bird. Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> oh, shit. And then Sylvester's like, now that's the right idea. Yeah. <laughs> Eating birds. As good as a canary, but I'll take it. Um, you got to imagine the writer, they're like, wait a minute. Okay, so he's, he's leaving because there's no common only breakfast. Wait a minute. He's a pig. A lot of breakfasts have pork and sausage and, and bacon. Wait, what do you and the guys are like, that makes it even funnier. Keep it in. <laughs> Yeah, maybe, maybe. It's funnier even if you keep, you think it through all the way. Yeah, but yeah, uh, very good one. I this this is the one I'm giving a four point five to. Honestly, yeah, I really like this. Yeah, same, same. I'm gonna say four point five cool. out of five. Um, so the last short, the last short we're covering, yes, is a mummy. This is a pre-existing. Dummy. It's a pre-existing cartoon, and um, it it segues pretty well into it. It's not like a big. It's the same style and voice actors and everything it's not awkward or anything um so this short this is one of those shorts that in the back of my mind i went okay if we were to cover issue of actual tunes again we should do mummy dummy because this is a short that the internet has found and gone what the fuck really due to Kind of do the dark nature because there are there are moments and if you take some of these moments in this cartoon out of context, it's like huh, that's kind of fucked up for a for a Looney Tunes product. Why is Bugs doing? Why didn't they do that when when um, Daffy sentenced Elmer to the chair? I don't know. I I just don't know. Well, well, maybe it's because that one was like off screen, so. So, you know, actually, you know why? Because it was off screen, so they couldn't just cut it and post it on Twitter and go, oh my god, can you believe they did this? While with yeah. this, you have long stretches of footage where fucked up stuff happens. And, um, uh, I'll get into my final thoughts about it, but I think maybe they went a little bit overboard. The internet, I mean, not, not them, but the internet yeah. but uh yeah honestly yeah yeah mm-hmm. so this is mummy dummy it's our bugs cartoon of of the package yeah i assume the studio wanted the bugs went in here as well so in this we're in egypt they make it very clear yeah this big randomly in egypt as oh a bugs burrows through comes out and says ah las vegas he's on a he's on his trip to vegas and he's staying at this glorious pyramid hotel, which is a send up of the one they have, actually have in Vegas. The um, the what's it called? The actual they do have one where it's like a pyramid. The, the Venetian, I believe. So. No, no, the, uh, the the no, 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 no. I uh, is it the Luxor? Yes, Lux. Yeah, Luxor. Luxor. Yes, the Luxor of Las Vegas, yeah. the Chris Angel place. Hello everyone, I'm Chris Angel. I perform at the Luxor Las Vegas. Uh, I'm going to mind freak you. <laughs> That's his whole bit. He had a whole show where it was like, you know, 
And remember, see my show at the Luxor Las Vegas. Lori, how you doing, Welcome honey cake? Back. Nice to how see you. you. Great to be back here at the point, the Luxor, the pyramid. Yes. Felix Rappaport says, help me say hello to you. Good. Yes. Look, uh, I want to play a little bit of blackjack. I feel lucky. Got to be honest with you. Let's get the black chips out. I got one, two, three, four, five hundred dollars for you. Five hundred dollars. Okay, five hundred dollars, right there. And he'd do a trick that wasn't really magic. You, you would just, you know, it's like, okay, they're clearly in on it. He was like, okay, that's clearly this. Okay, Chris, you do, you do you, man. So yeah. So that's where Budden's staying at this place. And of course, he's actually he's in... He's staying at the Luxor of Vegas. Yeah, so he's in... So he's in Egypt. And he's like, okay, I'm gonna... Okay, where's where's the entrance? Ah, there it is. As we find out, it's not a casino. He's in an actual Egyptian tomb. Yeah. And... A lot... There's good gags here, but a lot of this cartoon is... Bugs complaining. Yeah. It's Bugs complaining. Um, it's there's some funny stuff, like um I like how when he goes in, he's like, Oh, comics as he sees hieroglyphics of a mummy coming to life uh, 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 killing someone <laughs> and there's just a skull at the end of it. <laughs> It's like, oh man, these, these comics they're not as good as they used to be. Yeah. No, again, it's 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 a pretty classic Bugs setup, honestly. It's you know, yeah. Bugs is completely. I don't know. I don't know if this is another ragdoll kind of plot, but he's a completely oblivious. You know, just completely thinking this is just a regular hotel, uh-huh. and you know, annoying random parts of this Egyptian tomb. There's a great bit here where uh, he's arguing with the sarcophagus he thinks is the front desk man, and he just gets really angry and animated, like. Just his facial expressions are really well done and well animated. And um, it, it's just, again, it's a really good showcase for Eric Bowser's bugs and for this version's way of showing us bugs. And uh, then we revealed our mummy, who, okay, my first thought was, okay, here's the mummy. Is this where it gets really dark? And no, no. it's it's a cartoonishly mummy. It's it's a Looney Tunes bad guy. It's a big, it's a big oaf. Like, you know, that kind of guy. Yeah. Yes. The good, the good news is, the stock enemy for Looney Tunes is no longer the yup, yup, not not that guy anymore. Yeah. It's now just, you know, your, your big stocky oaf, you know. So, we think at this moment where he goes to what he thinks is a, a, is like a slot machine, and as he's trying <laughs> to find a coin to put in the slot machine, he puts a bunch of stuff behind him and hits the mummy, and he puts a coin in, <laughs> And it's an actual slot machine. It has the, the, the dials and everything. I liked both parts of this. First of all, I liked him um, whacking the mummy in the face with the the, the um, scepter on this sort of slot machine thing, and then it actually working as a slot machine and put it, and just vomiting out some scarabs, like some just some some giant bugs. And not, not like giant bugs and giant bugs, but like some some killer yeah. insects, like the things from the the movie The Mummy, yeah. the things that ate up um, Benny or whatever. Yeah. Um, apologies if I'm spoiling a 25 year old movie. Um, yeah, no, it's it's a slot machine that, that dispenses scarabs or whatever, and, and bugs has a good line, which I imagine was re- was added in the three years since they filmed this, which is I can't stand this newfangled cryptocurrency. Oh uh, yeah. 
I don't think that was there in 2020 or whatever. So I think the morbid dark stuff a lot of these people were referring to is the part where Bugs thinks he's at a buffet yeah, okay, and he's yeah, this taking all of these organs in jars. <laughs> and okay, All these hearts and kidneys and things. When I heard about this, I could have sworn it was like, does Bugs eat them? Like, is that what's so fucked up? No. About? No, he doesn't eat them. He just, you know, he's like, he just, he smells like a liver. He's like, See you! This stuff is rank! How long has this been sitting out for? Weeks? Months? Well, there goes my appetite. And he stuffs them in the trash, which he thinks is the trash, but ends up being the mummy again. So we get this, this grotesque shot of bugs stuffing things Organ down the mummy's stuff. face. Now, let me just make a clarification here, because this is very grotesque animation, and it's a lot of grotesque for grotesque's sake, but it is still very funny. It is still, like, it is doing, it, it's, it's to the mood of this piece. Yeah. It's, it doesn't come out of nowhere, it's not trying to shock the audience, it's just no. like, okay, Egypt, ancient Egypt was disgusting, they put their organs in jars, they buried them in wraps, and they put them in, in the sun to bake or whatever. This is exactly what it is. It's not like a lot of later SpongeBob episodes where they would just insert like like oddly animated stuff of like bleeding orifices or like a the splinter or sore toe episode or whatever. Yeah. And it, it's not like just that just to freak out the audience. No, there's actually a reason for this to be here. Yeah. And so the shot of the, them stuffing his face, I got a slight SpongeBob vibe, but yeah. also <laughs> not. Like, I don't think it's as bad as that. Also, I think it would be kind of funny if, like, he puts all the organs in, and because the mummy now has his organs, he can now, like, like he all of a sudden becomes a human being again. Like, oh, thank yeah. you, rabbits! That's what I thought. La, 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 la. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, he had no organs, and he puts the organs back, so hence he would be fine. But no. Um, so, we think, we have the scene where... Where Bugs goes into the main tomb, the burial place. And um, then we get the scene where he tries to open a window. It's very musty in there. So he, he takes he takes out a, a brick. He gives it to, to the mummy who lands on his feet. And I just remember that I missed the door gag where he gets in. But Oh, yeah. yeah. No, he, he, like, this is a great one for um, just... They th they run this mummy character through so many just like so many well timed ridiculous th like just getting hit with that then getting hit with this brick or something and he's just being run through it it's just and it's so well paced as well because then after this because he, he he drops a cinder block on his feet runs his wrap through a fan and the absurdity of the camel eating the wrap and the mummy coming out of his hump that got me that was very good oh yes that, just that, weird that enough was lovely. And um, then we get the scene that I'm guaranteed this was. Okay, you think it was the organs? I think it was the scene where you know eventually yeah. the mummy comes back or returns, as the <laughs> Brendan Fraser movie would say. And um, <laughs> the mummy gets bugs and just starts torturing him. Yeah. <laughs> Ah! 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 
smells like it. Cracking all of his bones. There's we see the screams. It's excruciating. The best way to put it, um, what ha- the animation becomes a grindhouse film. I think pretty red much. and stuff. It's very fucked up. And you know, and then he just lambs bugs on the ground. He look he looks dead. Bugs looks like he died. But of course, he's fine. It's that old, um, we can put unspeakable harm to the characters, but as long as they come back and are fine, that we can get away with it. It's the, uh, it's the, um, Yeah, and, and I, I do love that Bugs, Bugs just thinks it's a trip to the chiropractor or the, um, the spa or whatever. Again, thank God, thank God for Bugs just, you know, being Bugs. But, um, there's not a lot to the, the end of this other than, you know, he does something that, that, that chucks the mummy into the Sphinx's ass, I think. Yes. She has the Looney Tunes cartoons. Um, yeah. But at the same time, you at least get like a, a random clucking noise when that happens. So that yeah. was a nice touch. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then it's like, uh, the buck says, Ooh, dang! It's Sphinx to be him! That's where it ends. There's no like any animation for the special. It just ends there. That's the end of the special. We kind of end with a clunker of a line. Yeah. You know, whatever. You know, they they can't all be winners. This was a very good bug short. Um, Again, like like as you were sort of alluding to, it's not quite as like exclamation point inducing as a lot of people let it on to be. I wish there was also more of a ramp up towards the end after this sort of like excruciating pain sequence. I like the really good pacing of gags and repeated painful stuff for the mummy to go through. I just wish there was a better ending. But, um, yeah, pretty good. Yeah. Um, once again, the internet overreacts thanks to 15 seconds of seeing you something. Um, the short is fine. Um, I feel we spend a bit too much time doing the same joke. You know, like, oh, Bugs thinks he's like a casino and ticks off the mummy. We don't really get that. Again, this isn't a Bugs versus opponent short. It's not. But I feel like we're in that setup a bit too long. The, the, by the time we get to the mummy actually doing something, I looked. By the time the mummy does something, there's like, there's like a minute or two left. There's really yeah. not much to the character, you know. It, it, like, 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 like Gossamer is also a character that doesn't say much or do much, but he has character. You remember him. Yeah. I get what they were going for, but I do feel there could have been more here, either by adding more material or perhaps a different ending. At the same time as it is, it's still pretty good. Uh, I'm giving it a 4 out of 5. Maybe I'm being a bit too generous, but who cares? I'm giving this short 3 out of 5 animals. Jesus, alright. Great. Yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. Look, maybe it was the internet being like, oh my god, this is so insane. And I, I watched them like, oh, this is all set up and very little payoff. Uh, I think you guys were reacting a bit. but uh... Well, it just seems like a classic Bugs cartoon. You know, it wasn't trying to be too much. It was just, I think, just trying to ape those. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm with you in saying it's not perfect. I just, you know, I liked it. So, um, final thoughts on the special as a whole. Um, this is probably the best Looney Tunes Halloween special by default. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Um, and and yeah. in saying that, it is still pretty good. Yeah. Um, it. I mean, I didn't really have any problems with anything in this. I thought it was all well done. I liked. 
I liked all of these. I liked the fact that they had like a witch hazel segment or a um, Sylvester and Porky segment. I liked the spooky feel of this. I liked that there was different types of monsters and different types of evil. Um, I think it's a perfectly, um, perfectly good Halloween special. I, I don't have a lot of qualms against it. I mean, you know, I, I, not an overwhelming success, but still a success. Yeah, you know, it's, um, it's 90% new material, which, which I appreciate, it's compared to the other ones. Uh, actually, isn't that strange how the how this this and Groovy Ghoulies are like the most original animation that a, that a Looney Tunes Halloween special has received? That's not good. Wait, that's not even right. The Groovy Ghoulies were recycled as hell. Never mind. That yeah. point makes no sense. I'm going to stop now. Yeah. Um... <laughs> I like this from people who love and care about the characters, and its animation oh, is yeah, sufficient definitely. from scene to scene. I, I do think they let off with the best one. I, I think the best one for me was the Graveyard Goofs one. Okay. Uh, but oh, yeah, overall, it's a very uh, entertaining special. Yeah. You know, it, it serves its purpose. It's a pretty good thing to watch on Halloween. Yeah. You know. I, I give the whole thing a 4 out of 5. Same. I'm also giving it a 4 out of 5 Vandals. Cool. This was Amazing. Yeah. All right. So uh, after the uh, Snickers headache subsides uh, in November, uh, greets us like a like a month. Uh, what, what are we What are we doing next? Well, darn. I have a question for you. Yeah. Remember when you watched Picky in the Brain? How could I forget? I really enjoyed it. Yeah. So did I. So I'm going to do more Picking in the Brain. Great. Total self-indulgence. We just really, really like watching Picking in the Brain. So we're going to watch some more Picking in the Brain stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. All good. So, that's what you're watching. And I'm going to confirm this. I'm covering the first one and you're covering the second one because I just put the second one in the dock and I know you'll love it. So, okay. the one I'm covering is Pinky and the, uh, the Fog slash Where No Mouse Has Gone Before slash Cheese Roll Call. And the episode you're covering, Jorn, is All You Need Is Narf and Pinky's oh, okay. Plan. I think okay, you know cool. what that's I think so, right? But uh, when are we going to find the Rolling Stones at this hour? <laughs> you pathetic minstrel. Wait, no, that's that's not a thing. <laughs> you waste of a digestive system. Uh, uh, see ya. Come on, the break. That'll be fun. That's fun. Yeah. All right, so that's the end of this week's spooky episode. Hope you had a lot of fun. Yeah. Hope you, <laughs> you ate some candy while listening to it. Yeah, but none of them, none of them almond joys or mound. You have to get them the fuck out of here. <laughs> I had an icebreaker pina colada mint while recording. They're great. Oh, nice. Oh, they're so good, man. I am, I am, make, I am keeping myself. Far away from any and all Halloween candy until the actual holiday because I'm trying to wean off of sweets in general. And I'm only allowing myself to break some of that once we actually get some leftover Halloween candy in the house. So, mm. like, yeah, it's for my own good. <laughs> so, like, I imagine by the time this releases, I'll probably have found whatever Milky Ways or um, Underground Bars have... Um, infiltrated the premises and i will make sure that the kids coming to my doorstep don't get any of them Uh, i'm gonna show up to the door and they're gonna go hey can we have some candy and i'm gonna have like a full belly and just like like remnants of chocolate around my mouth going no more candy 
And they're going to go, yes. aww. And, and meanwhile, <laughs> and meanwhile at, at my house, um, seriously, over the years, the people have been lesser and lesser to the point where me and my dad are like, let's just not. <laughs> which which sucks, but it's like, like if no one, if we buy all this candy and no one shows up. Yes, we have the Halloween candy, but at what cost? Just give some to me. <laughs> I'll abuse the privilege. No, um, our I, I'm in a pretty nice neighborhood in my in my town, and like we 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 get some people coming in the door. We get some kids, and you know we we make sure we're you know we're able to, and um, you know that'll be that'll be nice this year. Yeah. This, you know, I, I get to come to the door, and I'm this big, tall thing, oh so that's God, already pretty yeah. horrifying for them. <laughs> for little so, kids. like, you know. Yeah. yeah. There, there's nothing more that little kids love more, more than a giant, tall thing wandering the premises. I, I was in a pharmacy the other day, and I I saw this mom and this, this little kid that may not have been walking for very long at all, just sort of waddling around the aisle, <laughs> oh looked God. up at me. And he was, and he, I, I don't think he'd ever seen a freestanding structure this tall before. Um, and I'm like, I get to be like, you know, hey, how's it going? I'm, I'm the local giant. What's going on? Um, uh, yo, folks, there was, there was a time when we were the same height. That fell apart yeah, quickly. Yeah, and then I, um, that fell apart real quick. And then I, uh, I ate like, because I, I would get like, okay, so for people who don't know, I'm six foot seven. And I would always get like huge growth spurts in school because like there would just be periods where like I would just get the sudden urge to be like, you know what, I would like another helping of dinner, or you know what, I um, get the weird feeling that I would have another slice of pizza, and so I would just keep growing and it would all just go into my bone structure, and so I would just, I think one year of, of elementary or middle school, I just grew like a half of a foot in like a span of a, like a year or so. Yeah, and it's it's really something where like like usually we go to the movies because like what would happen is like I'll be like waiting by the by the the, the theater and I'll look out yeah. like okay where is he because he's because giant yeah it's like okay come on where are you I'm looking around come on come on God, you're tall I, I should know where you are it's like and sure enough usually. Usually you park like near the back of the of the parking lot. When we go you know exactly where I park. Yeah, I, I try and park in the exact same place every time because I'm <laughs> because I'm particular. Yeah, and I will just sort of come through and, and sort of come onto the sidewalk right towards you, and you'll know you'll know me when I'm coming. Yeah. So what we were saying is Jordan would do great <laughs> in a Frankenstein movie. Just hire him. Yeah, I would. I, I, I resemble Frankenstein's monster quite a bit. But do you resemble Frankie Boyle? No, that's the wrong one. What? That's the wrong one. <laughs> no, I'm not doing this again, damn it. I met Peter Boyle. But, do you, but you don't represent Peter Boyle, though, so I don't know if that's going to work. No, I, I look nothing like Peter Boyle. Um, I don't know what this... If I grow my beard out, I'll look like Frankie Boyle. Um, yeah. I just uh, have to say something awful about AIDS. Mm. Um... They're doing their best. Um, so, so yeah, happy Halloween. Uh, that's the end of this episode. Halloween, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at Mark Hallam, 1995. And you can follow me at Tall Guy Schmidt. If you'd like to keep up with the podcast or give your thoughts for next week's episode, 
You can follow at that underscore loony or time in the podcast title. We all got first result. You can also find our podcast wherever podcasts are readily available. That includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Player FM, Anchor, Stitcher, Amazon Music, and many other podcast services that are all over the web. You know where to find them. All right. So until next week, I'm Mark. And I've been Jordan. And we hope you have a very, very fun Halloween. And uh, don't get too much of a chocolate headache, or else you might end up like that poor mummy from that last one. Uh, Good night, everybody.